In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Christ is in our midst. He was, and is, and ever shall be. This parable that we hear today of the parable of the talents, of course, in the scriptures, comes within a context. And a way to look at the context of a particular passage is to look a few passages ahead of time. Now, the, God, the parable just before today's parable is one that should be very familiar to you. It is the parable of the ten, vo- ten virgins. Do you remember this? Please say yes. Please nod your head yes. We read it during Holy Week uh, about the five virgins. And the, fi- the five were foolish and five were wise. And they're awaiting the coming of the bridegroom. Right? What is the message of that gospel? We have to be prepared now, the wise virgins, they went and got their, their lamps ready. The fathers of the church said that during their lives, this represents practicing chast- charity, mercy, and acquiring virtues, and reflecting the, God, the love that God gives to them. They re- reflected to the world outside around them. Now, the foolish virgins recommend, re- represent those who are idle, those who are squander. Their time and God's gifts, they're selfish, they're lazy, they seek leisure. And this represents those who are frivolous with their time, stingy with their virtues, are selfless in looking to themselves and have a rather, represent those who have a rather shallow spiritual life. So the lesson is from there we need to be ready And also, we can only develop our own virtues. We can't develop other people's virtues. We can't say, I'm going to make that person virtuous. They have to learn it themselves. It's our responsibility, each one of us, to develop a spiritual life. Now, the time is now to be watchful, to be attentive, to be maturing, to improving our skills that we need to live in the heavenly kingdom, to be merciful and forgiving and attentive to God. And the lesson from this parable of the ten virgins also is that it is impossible to change after death. The only way we can change, the only time we have now is during this life. Now immediately following this parable, we have this, the parable of the talents. Now, what do the symbols in this morning's parable teach us? First of all, the master going away and leaving this, these valuable talents to his servants. This represents the period that we are in now, where we are awaiting and we are anticipating the second coming of Christ. And in this meantime, in the meantime, we are called again to cultivate our hearts develop a spiritual life, receive the forgiveness and the good news that God has given us, and to share it and forgive each other, give everyone a break, and and learn how to be Christians and learn how to live in the kingdom of heaven. This is the time for us to develop these skills and how how to be heavenly citizens. Does not mean in this, when the master has gone away, however, that the master has abandoned and he has forgotten his farm. Because as we see, the, farmer, the master is very interested of how things are going. And he anticipates fruit and work and output 
when he returns. Now, this parable used to really particularly bother me and scare me. Maybe you felt the same thing. I used to think as a priest, when God comes, I need to have, uh, I do need to have a fruit and a profit. But what, is, what did I originally think it meant to be profitable? I thought it meant to be busy, to have a full schedule, and to do all kinds of output, have bigger budgets and more people out here, and to, and to always grow in that way. Sure, that's part of it. Our church needs to be growing. But the way that the, what the prophet means in this is meant that we need to grow in our kindliness. We need to be entrepreneurs of love and bankers of mercy and investors in the gospel and spreading the good news that God is among us and wants to save us. So he entrusts this, this ta- these talents to these three people. A talent, a talenton, is a precious amount of silver and gold. It is the greatest, a measure of the greatest value. This represents God's mercy, God's goodness, and God's virtues. And then the master says to the, to the three, take care of it. These talents uh, uh, represent God's forgiveness. When God forgives us of our sins, these great these debts that we owe him, he doesn't collect on them. He is, in essence, making a loan to us. When you forgive a debt, when a businessman forgives a debt to someone, he is hoping that that person will go and will grow and will do, other, do things with the debt that he has forgiven. And so these talents represent God's mercy, his, for his goodness, and forgiveness. And what does it mean for him for when he says he entrusts it to these three servants, and he says, take care of it. He is, he is meaning, take this goodness and mercy that I have given you and share it and spread it. What you have received, give to others. Now, the Christian life we have is a gift. The Christian life that we have is relief. The Christian life that we have is rest. It is to be forgiven and have our sins forgotten by God, and we are called to forgive others. When we forgive others, we are earning interest for the loans and the talents that God gave to us. So we have the first two servants that double their investment by trading, it says, and sharing. They put their talents to work, and they got a very good investment. They had a 100% return on their investment. For the businessmen out here, that's a very good return. That's a good day, right? 100% return. And how did this do? They, they went, this represents going out and showing love. When you show love, the body of Christ grows. When we show attention to each other and care about each other, our body, the body of Christ increases. And we have a return. When you show love, other people show love. When you show forgiveness, other people show forgiveness. And that spreads. There's a multiplier effect from the goodness that we share, that we receive and do here. So these two servants got their, their talents and they doubled their investment. And when the master came back, he was pleased. And he said, good, well done, good and faithful servants. Enter into the joy 
of my kingdom. That is, share my life, share my wealth, share my goodness, be with me in this glorious kingdom of heaven. Now, the Christian life is a blooming life. It is one that if we pay attention to it and we, we add to it, we will grow and we will bloom and this blooming will bear fruit all around us. Now we have this third servant, the wicked servant. In the, in this, we would call this person a wet blanket who gave lame excuses, who wasted time, who was worthy to be fired from this business. He had a selfish mindset. He was a fool who had to work hard to not understand what his master's expectations were. So he took what the master bestowed, took this goodness, took this kindness and this trust and buried it in the ground. Now the fathers of the church say that this represents two things. First, burying the talent in the ground reveals the worldliness of that servant. It's as if he was saying, I do not want to use this talent, Master, as you want it. I am engrossed in my own desires and my wants, and I'm going to use it for my own concerns, even if it means I will bury it and do nothing. The second thing that burying the talent represents is fear. And the kind of fear that this servant showed is the kind of fear that comes from disobedience. And it reveals his sinful and willful, his willful disposition. That he never thought to do what would please his master. Rather, he chose his own way. And the fathers say that's very much like Adam in the Garden of Eden. Adam was given all these things but he decided to go his own way and disobey the Father and eat from that fruit of the knowledge of the good and evil. And what did Adam do when God found this out? What was the thing he showed? He showed fear. He was afraid. When God was walking to him, he felt vulnerable. He felt naked. He felt ashamed. This is the fear that comes from disobedience. And this is the fear that in this parable, this third servant had when he feared God so much that he buried the talent. And because he, the reason why he feared God so much is that he no longer knew who the master was. Adam forgot who God was and disobeyed. And so in this parable, the, the servant is afraid of the master. And he's lost his wits about him. And when the master comes back, the third servant gives a, a complaint. And the fathers say it's a false complaint. This is the complaint that the, the servant gives. I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you do not sow and gathering where you do not winnow. Now, the fathers say that the problem with what the, the servant says is that it's a lie. That it's, a wrong, it's wrong. Because, the, because God the Father sows goodness in all of us. He gives us all the ability to receive God's love. And he gives us all the ability to think about other people. And to change and to repent and to come to our senses. God has sown seeds in each one of us. And he comes and he will reap from one of us one day. And he will gather from us and see what, what have we all done 
with the goodness that God has shown us. So this parable is very valuable to us. Let us think like the two good servants, the first servants, that when we are, acknowledge what God has given us, receive, re, recognize this responsibility that comes with our forgiveness, and be joyful and happy in work to please the Master by showing good works and kindness to each other. If you're feeling afraid about God, that is a wake-up call. Why are you afraid? Let's talk about it, but let's have a positive view of our parish and of our Orthodox Christian life and work for the positive. Work to please God and to grow and to help us all grow in this beautiful Orthodox Christian life that God has given us.